get together games, get together together games where we like to get together and nerd out. Get together games, get get together games where we like to get together and nerd out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Get Together Games, where we like to get together and talk about the latest and greatest news in the video game community. As always, I'm your host, Josh Saracola. You can catch this show whenever the hell I feel like doing it, because I don't have a schedule right now. Sorry for the long absence. I actually had my wisdom teeth taken out last weekend. Uh, funny thing is, I don't feel any dumber, so that's good. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about some things today revolving around, as always, Fortnite always finds its way into the news. We got Elder Scrolls Blades. We're going to be talking about that. And apparently Logan Paul, he's the one who has some opinions about Fortnite. Also, what's his name? The Prince of England, Prince Henry or Harry or something like that. He's got some opinions about this as well, about the addiction of the game. And then we're also going to be talking about some fury that's going on uh, pertaining to the Epic Game Store. So stick around if you're interested. Without further ado, I am going to... Oh, excuse me. And without further ado, I'm going to go to the video game release list. Let's check out what has been released since Thursday. We'll just start with Thursday since it's been so long since I did a show. Thursday, April 4th. So we've got Hob, the definitive edition on Nintendo Switch. Thursdays are the Switch days, ladies and gentlemen. There will be a lot of Switch games. So we've got Hob, the definitive edition. We've got Mex. Extermination, Extermination Force on the Nintendo Switch. Modern Tales Age of In- Invention, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch. Overwhelm on the Nintendo Switch, will we be, we, which we will be checking a trailer out of after this. Pitfall Planet on Nintendo Switch. Pressure Overdrive on Nintendo Switch. Royal Advisor, Nintendo Switch. Smashing the Battle, Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Sephirotic, let's make sure I get that, Sephirothic, Stories on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. Scorcery on PlayStation 4. Smoots World Cup Tennis, Xbox One. Some odd game names today. Got The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa on Nintendo Switch. War Theater on the Nintendo Switch. We'll also be checking that one out later on in the show. Beat Blaster, PlayStation 4. Comes out Friday, came out Friday, April 5th, yesterday, of course. Circuits on the Nintendo Switch. Frayne, Dragon's Odyssey, Xbox One, Godly Corp, Switch, Modern Slayer, or Monster Slayers, I apologize, on the Nintendo Switch, Super Dragon Ball Heroes, World Mission, huh, Nintendo Switch and Windows PC, you might need to check into that, a new Dragon Ball Z game, okay, says World Mission, actually, let's, we're going to check out a trailer of that instead of Overwhelm, we're going to do that, we got... Oh, they also have World Mission Hero Edition. We've got yet another Zombie Defense High Definition on Switch. Zombie Scrapper, Nintendo Switch. Dangerous Driving, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Oh, that one comes out Tuesday, April 9th. I apologize. That'll be the end of the list. All right, I'm excited. Let's go check out this Dragon Ball Z game. Super Dragon Ball Heroes. Oh, I need that there.
Can't believe I have not heard of this. Looks pretty interesting. Oh, these damn surveys. bad we can't read that. <laughs> True Dragon Ball fans know the characters' names anyways, right? So I have very little, very, very little knowledge. Oh, that's not over. Regardless, I have very little knowledge of the, the uh, mechanics of this game, but it doesn't look like you're going to have a whole lot of control over the fighting system. Looks like it's almost like a card-based game that will choose the moves based on your decisions. Again, assumption. I could be wrong, but it looks good regardless. Looks like a lot of content. I think the fact that there was no buzz about it will say a huge part on why it's not that big of a game. Uh-oh. Alright. Come on, Forbes. Why you gotta do me like that? Alright. Jump back in so you can see this pretty face real quick while we talk. Uh, that was that was uh, Dragon Ball Heroes. Looks pretty interesting. I, I can't believe I have not heard anything about that. Um, uh, the next thing we're going to actually talk about is Elder Scrolls Blades. Before I jump into the article, I want to say I did actually... Cool. I do, I do want to say that I did download the early access. You got to play the little intro and fight one guy, and that was it. And then it actually came out yesterday, to my knowledge... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And the early access was released yesterday, and I played the first 10 minutes of it before I did this show, just kind of get a feel for it. It looks beautiful, guys, and it plays very smoothly. However, this uh, article we're about to read says it's riddled with microtransactions, so we're, I'm, I'm excited to get into that because I have not read the article yet. I like to read them along with you, so we're finding things out at the same time. But... Um, I'm hoping that it's not so riddled that I can't enjoy it. I'm a huge Elder Scrolls fan. I've been looking forward to this since they talked about it at E3. And it, like I said, it looked beautiful and, and it ran smooth. The fighting system is very simple. You hold down the screen wherever you want to swing your sword. And there's like a, a ring that's growing greater. There's an outer golden ring and you want the inner ring. You want to let go right when it touches that golden ring to get the max critical hit. And there's a combo system. Uh, not sure how the spells work and all that stuff. I actually just created my character and logged out to get this show on the road. 
but I'm excited to jump into that and to have it everywhere I go and be on mobile. So without further ado, this is coming to you from Forbes.com by Paul Tassie. He does a lot of these articles I read. It says, Elder Scrolls Blades is a decent game destroyed by maddening microtransactions. So let's see what he has to say. There's a screenshot here of what you can expect the game to look like. Like I said, it looks beautiful for your phone, especially if you got one of them iPhone Xs and you get the whole full screen. Like It just runs very smoothly. Go down a little bit. It says, Yesterday, the Elder Scrolls Blades went live in early access for all players across iOS and Android. And after the disaster that was Fallout 76 last year, Bethesda badly needs a win right about now. Blades is probably not it. It's a somewhat competent Elder Scrolls experience on mobile, and there are few things I really like about it. Wow, he's tearing at a new asshole right now. That sucks. But Bethesda has not been able to resist the siren's call of ultra-mobile-style monetization to the point where it infects every aspect of the game and makes the entire experience about 10% as fun as it could be otherwise. First, what works? I am very impressed with this game from a technical perspective. This looks great on my iPhone X. I literally just said that. And I haven't encountered any lag or a single crash as of yet. It's definitely at least Oblivion-level graphics for the phone and absolutely one of the better-looking games I've seen on my phone in quite some time that wasn't embracing some specific animated art style. The controls are solid as well, and even though I, it seemed somewhat goofy that Todd Howard was making such a big deal about being able to play the game with one hand in portrait mode, this is actually one of the things I like about it the most. Being able to play the game using only one thumb to move, look around, block, attack, use skills, and spells is very nice. And through portrait mode restrict, uh, uh, I'm sorry. And though portrait mode restricts your view more than landscape, which you can switch to, it actually works pretty well all the same. I did not know you could switch. I will probably switch. I'll probably play the game with both hands. I'm a gamer. I, I mean, I'm not trying to multitask while playing this game. Here's another screenshot about how great the game looks. You see your mana bar, your stamina bar, your health bar. Looks like that's a treasure chest glowing with a bunch of goodies inside. I want to open it and find out. It looks like he's got a little Harry Potter wand there, unless that's his sword. Not sure. But he goes on to say. I like the leveling and skill tree process of the game, which is sure more than... I'm sorry. Start that over again. I like the leveling and skill tree process of the game, which is sure more shallow than Elder Scrolls games, but not bad for a stripped-down version, and I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying building my character up. The story isn't deep, but it does exist, and the town-building aspect is kind of neat so far, if a bit superfluous. Rather than being... I lost my spot. Rather than being open world, you simply load directly into dungeon missions. At first, they were, they were all pretty samey. The same dungeon about 12 times over with slight tweaks, but now I'm starting to see new types of areas open up. Bandit camps, ancient ruins, and so on. There are some weird AI things like how you'll see undead skeletons roaming around the same room with bandits. The two not seeming to notice each other, only set on joining forces to kill you, but it's forgivable. Yeah, he's just complaining at that point. I mean, so what if there's bandits and skeletons running around the same... I mean, in Elder Scrolls, I guess they would attack each other, but, I mean, we're on a mobile game, guys. Lower your standards a little bit. This guy's being harsh, in my opinion, so far. But he continues to say, What is not forgivable are the sheer amount of microtransactions Bethesda has jammed into Elder Scrolls Blades at every turn. I'll start with the worst offense, which is the chest system. Every mission will let you find a few chests in that level that are wooden, rarity, well, I guess that's the tier name is wooden, Wooden rarity, open in five seconds and give you a few crafting materials, but most quests rewards silver or gold rarity chests, which takes about three to six hours to open respectively. Unless you use premium currency gems to open them instantly, you can earn gems, but the rate is painfully low. 
This seems that it takes forever to get anything resembling interesting loot. And I've run into brick walls many times because the story missions get too hard because my gear is too low. And my gear is too low because it takes six hours to get my rewards from the last mission I ran. That's any game on the phone, though. How did he not expect that? Sorry, I'm not disappointed so far. This has resulted in a situation where I barely... Where in barely a day, I have three gold chests and 13 silver chests waiting to be opened, and you can only do one at a time. If I time everything to the minute, that's 57 straight hours of chest opening to see what my actual rewards have been from these missions. That is not at all fun and counter to everything every RPG has ever taught us. You do the mission, you get the rewards, you don't set the game down for 6 to 50 hours, then get the rewards, or pay them or pay to get them immediately. Okay, so now I can understand his his uh, frustration. You can only open so many chests at a time, so you can't just run through missions and then open 18 chests at once. <laughs> that is a flaw, but uh, hopefully there is a way you can just buy a pass and just play this game outright, which is what they should do, hopefully. But, I mean, look at Clash of Clans. They, they don't do that. <laughs> so... It says, past this, Elder Scrolls Blades is just unabashedly pay-to-win in every single way. You can flat out just buy chests for $5, $10, and $30 for gold, epic, and legendary rarities. You can buy powerful items outright, which will come up as special offers. A legendary sword that heals on hit was offered to me for $10 my first day. You can even pay to auto-complete some missions, instantly rewarding yourself with materials and gold for doing literally nothing but opening your wallet. Damn, that does kind of suck. I'm understanding his frustration more and more. You can pay to skip building timers in town, just like Clash of Clans. You can pay to craft faster. You can pay to expand your inventory and chest capacity, and you will have to, which is where 100% of my earned gems have gone. This is just absurd. I know that Bethesda is not the only company in this space monetizing games like this, but this is the kind of crazily aggressive monetization I'd expect if there was a woman wearing a sheer sheet in the startup screen beckoning me to come play, my lord. This is monetized like you would imagine a no-name ripoff of Elder Scrolls would be, not Elder Scrolls itself. We have seen plenty of games find success on mobile without re resorting to the worst bleh, monetization instincts of the market from Pokemon Go to Fortnite. And yet Elder Scrolls Blades dives in headfirst, not just infecting its game with all of the worst kinds of microtransactions, but building the entire game around them. I don't know how long I'll play this. This is the type of game where I'll give it a week, get frustrated by slow progress, drop $20 on a bunch of high-end crap, and then quit out of shame. But by then, Bethesda has already milked me and they don't care. Or I could just quit now because I know I'm heading toward multi-day wait timers and even larger progress roadblocks since I've been down this road before. This is not a mobile game designed for Elder Scrolls players. This is an Elder Scrolls game designed for mobile players. Damn, that was well said, sir. <laughs> Very well said. I'll say it again. This is not a mobile game designed for Elder Scrolls players, but rather an Elder Scrolls game designed for mobile players, which is a big difference and possibly an insurmountable one unless major changes are made. All right. Very well said, Paul Tassie. Uh... Got a few thoughts on that matter. Uh, I started saying he was harsh in the beginning of the article. I need to uh, not judge a book by its cover or an article by its first paragraph in this matter. He definitely made some very solid points. That does suck. That it's just like, like he said, it, it, being Elder Scrolls itself, they don't need the monetization so desperately that it has to ruin the game. I mean, there are all kinds of awesome games on mobile that are no-name developers, so they do riddle it with microtransactions because they got to turn a profit out of it. But like he said, Fortnite, they figured out how to do it on mobile. Shit, I'd pay $10 to download this game or even more than that, you know, for an Elder Scrolls experience on my phone. Like the game's already shallow enough, as he said. You don't, 
you know, it's not really free roam open world. You just load into, you, you get a quest from someone and then you start that quest. And when you select start, it literally loads you straight into the dungeon. Whoops. There we go. And it literally loads you straight into the dungeon. And I, I, it looks cool. I mean, I'll probably run around in it when I'm bored. I probably won't drop more than $10 on it just out of curiosity. But after reading his article, even if I drop that $10, it'll be shamefully done because I don't want to spend money on a game I know I'm not going to jump into like that. Uh, I just did this the other day. I got my itch to play Clash of Clans again after two years of not touching it and dropped $15 on it, and I haven't touched it in three days. And it's like, damn, that was such a waste of money. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. Uh, before we jump into our next article, we are going to talk, or I mean, we're going to look at this game trailer for war theater had a pretty interesting looking uh cover art so let's see what this is about it's another switch game war theater trailer i hope this is it Auto parts. Okay, here we go. War Theater. Whoops. I'm very sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, this is it. This is the trailer for it. Does not tickle my fancy. Very odd uh, character uh, creators, so characters look very gothic and disturbing. Very Nazi-ish. Okay, it's just gonna keep doing this over and over. That is War Theater, ladies and gentlemen. Don't waste your money on it. So let's jump into this article. Let's see. The one Prince Henry. Am I saying that right? Harry. Yeah, Prince Harry. See what he's got to say about video games. Or it says, this is coming to you from WRAL TechWire. This is a new website I have not used yet. As you can see here, says Prince Harry ban Fortnite. Critics are saying he's clueless, game not addictive. That was an odd way to name that. So, this is by, it just says WRAL TechWire. No author. Says, or Carrie, I guess Carrie, this is Carrie's opinion. A British royale is engaged in a game of words with Fortnite the reigning king of battle royale video games. Prince Harry is facing pushback to his comments that the globally popular game Fortnite created by Epic Games and Carrie... What is Carrie? We'll find that out later. It is addictive and should not be allowed. 
Epic has not responded so far to the prince's comments, but others have. One UK website labeled Harry, who has acknowledged his own love for video gameplay in the past, as Clueless Royale. Another researcher said that the game is not addictive. Interestingly, Fortnite is a so-called online battle royale that allows multiple players to compete against each other at the same time. I hate how everybody needs to explain what the game is. We all know what Fortnite is at this point, guys. The Royale labeled Fortnite as... Oh, I'm sorry, I missed a line. But headlines continue to be generated by the Prince's comments on Thursday at a YMCA in London. <laughs> the Royale... That's an odd place. The Royale labeled Fortnite as an addiction to keep you in front of a computer for as possible. For as long as possible, I'm assuming. He also blasted social media in general, saying it is more addictive than alcohol and drugs. Good lord. The BBC quoted the Duke of Sussex as saying, That game shouldn't be allowed. Where is the benefit of having it in your household? It's created to addict. It's an addiction to keep you in front of a computer for as long as possible. It's so irresponsible. It's like waiting for the damage to be done and kids turning up on your doorsteps and families being broke down. Wow, those are all quotes, by the way. Epic has grown to attract some 250 million players, has reportedly made Epic billions of dollars since its release in 2017, and recently drew almost 11 million players online simultaneously. Concerns about Fortnite range from it being cited as a reason for divorce to the gameplay infatuating players from young to professional athletes. Critics respond, yet Harry has encountered some criticism. A games researcher and former professional game player told The Express in the UK, it's, quote, it's really popular with younger gamers, and of course the parents should keep a close eye on what their kids are playing and doing online. But like many games, Fortnite is a really fun and sociable way to spend free time, and like everything, should be enjoyed responsibly. <clears throat> Hothardwire.com declared, as Harry, declared Harry as clueless and noted, interestingly, Prince Harry has admitted in the past that he enjoys playing video games. This quote literally, like, repeated itself three times. Another researcher told the BBC that Fortnite is not addictive and added that there is research finding positive characteristics of play. That was a very short and sad article. Probably won't be using that W-R-A-L anymore. Where is this one at? Let's see. Here's the Logan Paul article. I must... I'm assuming he's kind of mocking that because he's kind of saying the same thing. Logan Paul, video games are producing addicts, worse than alcohol or drugs. This is coming to you from TMZ, ladies and gentlemen. This is Logan Paul like you've never heard him before, almost sounding like a parent who is worried Gen X is producing a population of addicts in the grips of something more dangerous than drugs or alcohol. We got Logan in Beverly Hills Friday night leaving Mas uh, Ma Mastro's. Um, maybe I'm supposed to say Maestro's. But anyways, it says Mastro's, and he couldn't be more down with Prince Harry who wants to put the brakes on Fortnite. Logan confesses he too, is once, he too was once an addict, addicted to another video game, and it took over his life. It doesn't end there. Logan worries VR is going to fuck up kids 20 and younger, who will no longer be able to separate fantasy from reality. Very short little snippet there. Uh, there's a video. I guess we can watch this video of what he really had to say. Damn ads, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to stick through this because I want to hear what Logan had to say. You just have to improvise. Sorry, audio listeners. Good chance to say you can catch this on Apple Podcasts around the podcasts or Google Play Podcasts. Check me out. It's Prince Harry. 
Okay. He came out and said. Oh, I did see that. We talked about Fortnite. it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Fortnite. And yeah. he's saying that, you know, basically that this could be damaging the kids. Yeah. You should ban it. You can't. I want to, I got to ask you. What, what I think? Yeah. Guess it is Mastro's. Because I was addicted to uh, actually World of Warcraft when I was young. Really? And because of that, I found out like what addiction was through a video game, which is weird. And I was able to fortunately like escape the little uh, rabbit hole that is virtual reality slash video games. So yeah, man, I don't know. Um, I feel like the the generation that's going to be able to answer that question is Gen Z, and not necessarily mine like a lot of the gamers I know are my age right and they're able to separate video games from reality but as far as like Gen, Gen Z ages you know 20 20 under I, I'm not sure man do you think because you grew up like with an art like more of a analog organic experience and then you went into video games and you're able to see the difference but you're saying the kids that grew up now which are immersed in it yeah especially with VR will be able to know that's what I'm afraid I think VR is gonna fuck everything up to be honest with you and, and if video games are a stepping stone for that yeah that's very possible yeah do you think that video games are as addicting as drugs and alcohol that's that's something that's an argument people make uh video games addicting as drugs, drugs and alcohol uh yeah really yeah for sure wow maybe worse wow but like you get sucked into a, into a proper video game hole you're fucked do you think the, whose role should who should step in then? I mean, if someone if someone's gonna step in to stop video games, I don't think that's ever gonna happen to be honest. Well, I not mean, stop it. I guess the question is more like should they regulate how much time people spend on? Yo, that, but that's that's parents, yeah. Yeah, that's like, parents. Like as 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 much as we can blame government. Right. Let's start with the ra- the way we're raising children and the future of the country. There we go. And the world. So yeah, sure. We can blame government all we want, but I think it starts at home. So bringing it back then, you think Prince Harry has a point? I think so, yeah. All right. I don't disagree with the last part of that statement. I mean, the parents are the ones who should be making these damn changes. Like, they should not be blaming this on the video games themselves. Like, shit, there's an uh, unlimited amount of alcohol resource out there. And if I wanted to, I could drink myself into a coma or into death. But that's up to me to make the decision not to do so. Same with video games. I mean, as a guy who's sitting here, has a podcast about video games and plays them heavily, I don't see it dangerous. I still function in uh, society. I still have a well-paying job. I pay all my bills on time. Like, I, I don't, I, I just don't get it, to be honest with you. But enough of that. We'll get into this last one. Apparently, Epic Games is having some problems. Not really kind of ignorant on this subject let's see this is coming to you from polygon.com by charlie hall oh jesus damn ass boy Yes, Charlie Hall says the fury over the Epic Game Store is explained. I know they've been acquiring the rights to sell games and distribute games and stuff. Maybe it'll have something to do with that. Let's check it out. It says in December 2018, Epic Games makes uh, makers of Fortnite and the Unreal game development engine. Huh, I didn't know they made Unreal. 
launched the Epic Game Store. The announcement was followed by a flurry of store-exclusive game announcements, many of which angered fans used to play new titles exclusively through Valve's Steam platform, the leading PC gamer's marketplace. Or games marketplace. What has followed in the wake of those exclusives is a fresh wave of outrage. Some PC gaming fans are grousing... Grou yeah, that's a new word. Is grousing at having to navigate a new store and install, the, install new software if they want to play certain games. Some blanch at Epic's comparatively thin store software. Did I say that right? Some blanch at Epic's comparatively thin store software and have the company... Oh, and how the company is using its Fortnite windfall to lock up store-exclusive games. That was a confusing-ass statement there. Others have convinced themselves that Epic, it's, at that Epic, its CEO Tim Sweeney, and its Chinese investor Tencent are up to something sinister. Epic itself admits that the storefront launched in a half-baked state. The team behind it has said that they stumbled out of the gate making a number of unforced errors, but it's not an act of conspiracy like many have made it out to be. It's an act of capitalism, a drama in which both Epic and its customers both will play a role. Let's take some time to examine the claims being made against Epic and narrow in on the ones that actually hold water. Theory 1. Epic Games is funded by a Chinese corporation and can't be trusted. In 2012, Chinese megacorporation Tencent invested some 30, $330 million in North Carolina-based Epic Games. According to CEO Tim Sweeney, that gave Tencent a 40% stake in his company and the right to elect several members to its board of directors. Tencent also has significant investments in companies like Ubisoft and Riot Games. Many consumers are using that significant investment as a bludgeon against Epic on social media, no doubt emboldened by the United States government's ongoing trade disputes and the vituperous, never, that's a new word for me, anti-Chinese rhetoric. Some are alleging that Epic isn't in control of its own affairs. Epic says that's not true. I support everyone's right to complain about tech industry stuff, Sweeney wrote in April 4th on Twitter, just Thursday. Epic store with exclusive games and a Spartan feature set is a fine target for ire, but please help separate facts and opinions from the lies about blank foreign control. I'm the controlling shareholder in Epic Games and have been since 1991, Sweeney continued. We have a number of outside investors now. Tencent is the largest. All of Epic's investors, our friends and partners. None can dictate decisions to Epic. That messaging mirrors what Steve Allison, head of the Epic Games Store itself, said on stage at this year's Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. Tencent has blank... I don't understand what that bracket and dot 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 means. Tencent has zero input into our business, Allison said to a room full of developers. They do not talk to us about what we are doing. They don't suggest that we should be... what. They don't suggest what we should be doing. They don't make any decisions for us. They aren't in our building. Everything we do is with our team and the final point of conversation when it goes up to the top, it's Tim. And Tim does not take any words from Tim's Tencent, believe me. Theory number two. Epic Game Store is a spyware stealing personal data. Huh, this will be a good one. The Epic's Game Store client is free to download, and once amateur data miners got their hands on it, they noticed oddities about how it functioned, including unusual network traffic and user file access. The situation is well documented at Ars, Te Ars Technica, which narrows in on a Reddit thread titled Epic Game Store Spyware Tracking and You. Some point out that the store client uh, creates a file named tracking.js, but says Epic's Vice President of Engineering Daniel Vogel that data is simply used to track the revenue sharing that pays game asset and con content creator that pays game asset and content creators a feature that's been part of the unreal engine suit for or suite for years 
More concerning to some, however, is the fact that the Epic Games Store client makes a local copy of Steam's files without first asking the user's permission. Sweeney himself stepped into the Reddit thread to say that's not okay, even if the data is only shared with Epic when users opt in. The current <laughs> the current implementation is a remnant left over from our rush to implement social features in the early days of Fortnite. Sweeney says on Reddit, quote, it's actually my fault for pushing the launcher team to so support it super quickly and then identifying that we had to change it. Since this issue came to the forefront, we're going to fix it. Sweeney thanked the community for asking these kinds of questions about the software that they use on a daily basis. Quote, this sort of independent analysis of what data software accesses is a healthy trend and I'd love to see it done more widely. In, an, in analyzing the results, it's important to distinguish the normal from the abnormal and to separate technical analysis from inflammatory rhetoric, such as the insane claim that we're a bunch of Chinese spies. Uh, I'm not even going to get into any more theories. If you would like to, you can come to Polygon and finish the rest of this article. It looks like a long one, ladies and gentlemen, and they're all a bunch of theories, so it's not really news in my opinion. But I did not know they were going through all that. I didn't know... That they were having, I didn't know they had a $330 million investment from Tencent. Jesus Christ. But that is all we have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for watching Get Together Games or listening to Get Together Games. Again, you can check us out on Apple Podcast Services or you can go to podbean.com and access it there. You can like, share, go to any of the URLs below. Just show some support if you would like to. Go to patreon.com slash get together everything is slash get together games find us on facebook it's facebook.com slash get together games with a z but the first one was already taken god damn you whoever you are but regardless thank you for spending time with me on this beautiful saturday evening until next time get together games get, get together games where we like to get together and nerd out nerd out Get together games, get to get together games where we like to get together and nerd out. Nerd out, nerd out.